0: Dear listeners, welcome to Faces of Digital Health, a podcast about digital health and how healthcare systems around the world adopt technology, with me, Tiasha Zait. Technically, we've never been more connected or had relationships with as many people as we do today, thanks to social networks on the internet yet while these platforms bring convenience either for shopping for talking to other people they're also increasing loneliness and reducing face-to-face interactions with the aging population with the decreased number of children that people have with migrations and many other factors loneliness is becoming a global epidemic however technology doesn't necessarily have to be a problem it can also facilitate easier pairing of individuals who wish to assist those lacking a real world social network papa is a company that provides social support by pairing older adults and families with trained and vetted companions known as papa pals in this brief episode you will listen to a discussion with ellen rudy the former Head of Research and Social Impact, who I spoke with at Health 2023, where we discussed various challenges related with loneliness, the scale and complexity of all the factors that impact how we perceive it and why solutions to mitigate it aren't simple. But we also discussed how technology can mitigate these issues as we move forward. Enjoy the show, and if you haven't yet, make sure to check out our newsletter. You can find it at fodh.substag.com. It's only published roughly once a month and offers an in-depth view into specific topics. Now let's dive in. Um, Ellen, thank you for taking the time for a short discussion here at Health. Let's start as a warm-up uh, with the basic description of what PAPA does and why it matters.
1: Okay, great. Hi, thank you for having me, too. Um, PAPA is a tech-enabled company that actually connects humans to humans. PAPA has a network of PAPA pals, that's what we call it, and they go out and they actually connect with older adults and vulnerable people to provide companionship, companion care, help with everyday activities. Why it matters is because one out of five people do not have anybody to help them. Older adults, one out of five older adults. And you have to really think about that. If you had, if you got sick, who would come over and get you some groceries? There's people out there, older adults, who don't have anybody. And without that, your health starts to deteriorate. So... It's a preventive manner to have a company like Papa to provide social connection out there.
0: Mm-hmm. How many members do you have? And can you maybe talk a bit about the demographics of people that participate in basically helping those that don't have any, anyone from their family to do that?
1: Sure. In terms of membership, I think we have up to 3 million members. Our primary clients are health plans. And so they then give their membership health plans for Medicare Advantage, older adults, and they give our membership to us. And, And then we go out and try to connect and offer our services. In terms of the PALS, it's really interesting. It's a lot of times it's actually people who'd early retired, more women than men. And we actually did a survey of some of our top PALS. And what they said is that being a PAL gave them a lot of purpose. So even though they're out there and it's it's a part-time job, that when they are done providing companionship to somebody, they feel better. They have more purpose. And I think that's a really interesting part of what drives uh, PALS to continue being that.
0: One of the things that you have mentioned on your website is also not exactly a tagline. We talk about what medicine is today, food is medicine, and what you say is... Human connection is also medicine. So, can you talk a little bit more about that?
1: When you think about someone's health, you have to think about it in, in, or we think about it in four different ways. You think about their physical health, their mental cognitive health, their social health, and purpose. And so, social health is a key part of someone's overall health. And so, when we think of human connection as medicine, if you don't have strong social health, if you are lonely, if you don't have social support, if you don't have social resources, ways to get around so you can be out in the world, your health is going to deteriorate. And we've seen that actually in our data. We see we actually have reduction in emergency department visits. We've had reduction in readmission rates and actually a reduction in medical spend for people who are using Papa Rego.
0: And what about younger populations? Do you have any pals that are basically younger adults?
1: We do. We do. We have a whole mix. We have pals who are college students. It's a very convenient and flexible job they can have. Sometimes we have uh, pre-med students because you're really out there learning how to be a caregiver. And then we have a really broad range of age groups. So anywhere from the 20s all the way up to the 60s or even 70s sometimes.
0: Mm -hmm. What are some of the other services or uh, technologies that you see are really making a difference in this space? So in the space of aging, loneliness and older adults?
1: I think that platforms that can help connect people, I think, are a really important thing right now, because if you think about Vivek Murthy, he wrote his report on the epidemic of loneliness and he created a, a, fr- a framework and six pillars uh, to how to address the loneliness problem. And one of them is really to create a culture of connection again. And I think along the way, it's digital is, is a two-edged sword, right? In some ways, it's actually disconnected us. The world is much convenient. You don't go to your local pharmacy anymore. And when I was a kid, I'd go with my mom to the pharmacist. We knew the per- we knew them. It was like an in- interaction, right? And every time you have an interac- a human interaction, it feels good. And that's gone away. So how do we almost have to recreate that in society and can I think tech can help that, but I don't ever think it's going to replace human connection.
0: Mm-hmm. You alluded to an important question, which is why are we creating all this convenience with digital platforms if it basically means that people are stuck behind their computers to either order food, order their medicine, talk to their friends, and create time for meetings that never happen in person.
1: It's one factor, I think, that's driving loneliness. I don't think it's the only factor. I think there's other factors as well, such as that older adults, for instance, are more likely to live alone. At the beginning of the century, one out of 10 older adults actually lived alone. Like most people had multi-generational. That was normal, common. Now it's a one out of four older adults live alone. And in our data, we actually see in the people we help, it's 40% of older adults live alone. So you have that. You have kinless people who are married and don't have children anymore, so you don't have somebody to help them. And people don't get married. There's just a lot of factors, I think, that are driving this social disconnection. Digital, I think, is one of them, too. I think it's just an unintended consequence that nobody's thought of. When you think about this, digital is so new. And when you think about older adults, they're, my mom is 85. She's definitely a little bit she missed that train, right? There's no, nothing that's going to actually get her to the way my son is with digital health. We have to think about how do we help mitigate the impact of digital health while also embracing it because it's here to stay. And I think there's great technology. Papa, The great thing about PAPA is that it's our digital platform that allows us to so easily schedule PALS and to deploy PALS to all 50 states. So there's a positive, too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But it's an interesting question, like, how can we reorganize society to basically address the demographic structure that we currently have? And when you look at the ideas or discussions around aging and aging in place, there's a lot of thinking going into creating something else than elderly care facilities, creating common shared homes where basically why would one person live alone in one house when perhaps a group of people could do that. The challenge is how do you find people that are going to work well enough together to live enough together? I don't know to which extent are you observing that. There
1: is also another challenge, which is the fundamental tenet of being American, which is independence. We love our independence, and older adults really want, they want to age independently. They say that often. They don't want to move from their home even though their home may be very isolating. So what's the the cultural shift? Can you start changing that cultural thought early enough so that as people age, they are ready to become more in a community? It's a really important thing that I think it's all about. At this point, it's about prevention. How do we start putting out the awareness, creating this new social norms and changing the way Older adults think about independence. But it is one of the things that is about America. I don't know. My mom doesn't want to move from her home. She lives alone. She's 86. She loves her home. She,
0: people want to die in their home. Mm-hmm. What's the most challenging thing for you and Papa?
1: I would say one of the most challenging things is to really have arc. people out there, people in health plans, really understand what it means to be lonely and alone and what is the downstream consequences of that. A lot of times health plans want to see ROI. And I understand that completely. But a challenge is to expect that ROI to happen sometimes in the first year. Because if you look at the data, for instance, loneliness has like a lot of deteriorating effects, right? It it impacts cognitive function. It impacts functional, you you see a higher functional decline, premature mortality. I always say 105 don't have anybody. And I think when you're young or you have family, it just doesn't resonate. But it resonates with me so much because I see the data and I see the impact. So I think that's one of the challenges, really having people understand and investing in it. You have to invest in prevention.
0: Is there any kind of data points or findings that you came across because of Papa that kind of Surprised you or stuck with you? You just mentioned that you see a lot in the data and in the work that you do. So I don't know if there's any either stories or. Points. There's there's yeah. a
1: couple. I think one of them is that there's also a group of people, older adults, who are extremely lonely, and I find that it, that that saddens me. They're extremely lonely. They've been lonely for a long time, and what I find is that at that point, when you think of it from a public health framework. You're now actually in what's called tertiary prevention. You're just trying to maintain them from not deteriorating in a worse way. And you they may not never actually change their loneliness again, but you're definitely helping them. You're still giving them that human-to-human connection. It's just they've been chronically lonely for years. I think that's a really interesting one. It's just that that's 22% of our population is severely lonely. And then the other thing I think is just seeing it from a health equity lens. And CMS came out with Advancing Health Equity Approach, and they pinpointed two populations that are really would have separate health inequities. One of them is people of low income, and the other one is people with disabilities. And so we actually took our data because we have a new report coming out. It's called The State of Social Health, and it's 20,000 members. And we actually stratified by... People with disabilities and people with low income. And which is exactly what CMS has seen is that people low income have higher depression, have worse social support. People with disabilities, it's that much worse. They really are like a group of people that we should be paying attention to specifically. And I think health plans actually can really make a great difference. I always say one out of five people do not have social support. For low income, it's one out of four For people with disabilities, it's one out of three. So you can see that's a significant group that could really benefit from helping the social health, social connection, a service like PAPA.
0: Okay. Any last thoughts, anything that you would like to add in terms of, I don't know, what you're optimistic about or what you think we are potentially not talking enough about?
1: I actually am encouraged that we are talking about loneliness and social isolation and that... I'm encouraged that Vivek Murthy came out with a significant report, and I hope behind that we'll see policy. And so I'm actually encouraged because when the Surgeon General comes out with a report and one of those pillars is we need pro-connection policy, that's when you start seeing things change. And will that pro-connection policy trickle down to health plans and Medicare Advantage plans actually taking a step? Then we'll really see a change in loneliness. It's a It's not an easy fix, and it's not a quick fix. But It's an investment, and uh, I'm actually encouraged that we will see that.
0: You've been listening to Faces of Digital Health, a proud member of the Health Podcast Network. If you enjoyed the show, do leave a rating or a review wherever you get your podcast. subscribe to the show, or follow us on LinkedIn. Additionally, Check out our newsletter, you can find it at FODH.substack.com, that's FODH.substack.com. Stay tuned!